So this leads to a years-long struggle between Hobby Lobby and the federal government, and it culminates in the civil forfeiture case aptly titled United States of America versus approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay bullae. Quite the name. Depths of Wikipedia. You're listening to Depths of Wikipedia with Annie Rowerda and Ha Jin Yu. Nick Fastman. Funny, he never married. The Battle of the Joshes. I thought this was a metaphor. A place known as the Body Farm. This place got old man stink. Harry Ball. It's time to invoke the first law of holes. Oh, bodega cat. When you're in one. Tell us about your bike, Alaska. Stop, Higgin. Doctor, what about the number Highway hypnosis. A ghost mall. Press any key to continue. Wikipedia. Hey guys, welcome back to the Depths of Wikipedia podcast where we talk about the weirdest, weirdest articles ever. (laughs) Today we have one article that is just jam-packed. You may have heard about it in the news, but I feel like when you just go through the entire story on Wikipedia, it's just truly a rousing read. And it's the Hobby Lobby smuggling scandal. Um, you may not know that your, you know, local, <laughs> not so local chain craft, craft store has a Robbie Hobby, uh, and we are going to get <laughs> Sounds into like Scooby Doo is saying it. <laughs> Hobby, Robbie, 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 Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Hobby Lobby in the news. Uh, yeah, it's happened before. You may recall the famous Supreme Court case where they fought the birth control mandate, um, and they were ultimately successful. Um, you may know Hobby Lobby's CEO, David Green. For one, he's, uh, one of the world's largest private retailers in 1970, um, he started this arts and crafts store, Hobby Lobby. We all know it. Uh, it has 780 stores. We love it. 35,000 employees. And do we love it? We might not after this. So he gained a lot of recognition among evangelical communities in 2014 when he went all the way to the Supreme Court to argue that he should not have to provide birth control to his employees. Uh, He is a fundamentalist Christian, and he also uh, started the Bible Museum, which now is in Washington, D.C., or excuse me, Museum of the Bible, which is now in Washington, D.C., and it is a fundamentalist Christian museum. I've never been there. Um, I don't know anyone that's been there, but if you have... No, I've never... I was surprised to see that it's in Washington, D.C. Like, when I saw, like, the Museum of the Bible, I was like, oh, it's definitely in the Bible Belt, right? Like, Washington, D.C. just feels like a weird place to put it. It's right next to the National Mall. So, he has that. And then, additionally, I was fascinated by his memoir, which is titled, Giving It All Away, dot, dot, dot. And getting it all back again. The way of living generously. Oh. Is it like prosperity gospel? So that's what I was going to say. The title is a little eyebrow raising when you consider that he is a billionaire. (laughs) And just the whole like, I don't know, like, like, you know, 
old white Christian man who has a lot of money tells people that the key to getting rich is giving their money to me like that that has like a mega churchy vibe that doesn't always sit so well with me I don't want to accuse you know Mr. David Green of being like a like a a scam in that way because he's plenty of other scams surrounding his image and and he's he doesn't really have that to his name he's not trying to scam like people out of their money as far as we know and in terms of the title the giving it away like we do have to give it to him that you may not agree with his philanthropy but he does have a lot of philanthropic causes that he supports i personally um was so curious about this memoir i tried to get my hands on it but the closest i got was the goodreads comments the first review was super positive and here's how it starts i love this book and not only because my grandfather, David Green, is the author. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a way to start. This book has years of wisdom on important top of topics such as family, work, and long-term vision. Uh, other reviewers called him Papa Green, a term that I think is so funny. Um, <laughs> so, so the book, for the most part, talks about the importance of giving away your money Um And one quote is, I try to approach each day with hands that are open, not grasping. Um, So that's from David Green. And perhaps it was with open, not grasping hands that David Green went on an international shopping spree in search of rare biblical antiquities. So, yeah, so he went to Iraq with a consultant. And before we talk about that, it's companies can invest and collect art and that's not unusual um, for Hobby Lobby, which is a like privately held Christian company. For them, this looks like investing in biblical antiquities. Uh, but they really wanted to boost their collection because the Green family was opening the Museum of the Bible. And they, they, they really just did not do this the right way. Basically, they did not understand the complexities of buying biblical antiquities and um, or did they? Or, or or did they? Archaeologists say that some of the items may have come from the National Museum of Iraq, which had been looted after the American invasion of Iraq in 2003. Uh, the DOJ said that the whole buying process was, quote, fraught with red flags. When David Green and the consultant went to Iraq, the, the items they bought were displayed informally, and they never actually met the owners of the items, which is a like a big no-no if you're buying like rare art type things they only worked through middlemen and then the payment happened via a third party who told them to wire money to other people they ended up buying 5,000 items wiring 1.6 million to seven different bank accounts under five different people the shipping process you guys it was shipped in multiple packages which were falsely labeled in 2017 When this issue came under fire in the news and the courts, the museum's chief curator summarized, quote, we can't even tell sometimes which particular item belonged to which acquisition because it just wasn't documented either at the acquisition point or the delivery point. We have no way of knowing where these come from. You know, exactly what you want your your uh, new museum to be saying. Um, So that's a little bit about the uh, acquisition of these Rare biblical antiquities. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, now we get into the next big portion of the Wikipedia article, aptly titled Importation, Seizure, and Litigation. Nice little arc there. 
So what happened was they spent $1.6 million for 5,000 items. And they're getting this shipped to America from Iraq. And after the purchase, they need like, you know, they need to go through customs. And like, let's be honest, we've all kind of <laughs> lied on our customs thing, right? Like sometimes you're just like, oh, do I really need to like... I had an apple in my bag. Report this? Yeah. Like it's an apple. You had an apple. Yeah. I I had like a little bit of kimchi and it's a, such a hassle to go through. So I just said I didn't and the dogs didn't smell a thing at the airport but I don't recommend it anyways Hobby Lobby they try to rob you I'm so obsessed with this pun they try to rob you Lobby <laughs> these dutiful CBP custom and border border patrol agents of the truth when they put on their customs sheet what are they gonna put on their thing you know like approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay boule. Like, that's not even on the checklist on the custom sheet. So they claimed that what they were having shipped to America were just ceramic and clay samples, which is a pretty smart move considering... They are Hobby Lobby. At Hobby Lobby. I've never, it's like, I've always passed it. I'm never going into Hobby Lobby for ceramic and clay samples, um, but I'll definitely pass it when I'm like trying to look for the yarn aisle. You know what I mean? Um, I know what you're buying there. You're buying some uh, faux wooden slabs that say, God bless this mess yeah, yeah. to hang in your kitchen. And and in this house, you can either, one, take it, or two, leave it. <laughs> I personally got one that says, this mom runs on wine and Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Got you. Okay. Another favorite from this same genre, sorry, guys, is I, I've been seeing these, um, these t-shirts, and they say somewhere between gangster rap and Proverbs 13, there's me. <laughs> what? Which I'm. Who is this for? Which, again, I I would <laughs> Who say is that, that one does strike me as a bit racist. Um, saying that like yeah, <laughs> between gangster rap and Proverbs thirteen. Um, but again, this we're not getting into it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, that was at Hobby Lobby. Um, no, that one I've just seen on T-shirts. Oh, I see. I see. All right. Um. So. Um. They lie on their custom sheet. They also said that the samples were from Turkey and Israel and the contents were worth a mere $250. So there is not a single drop of truth on this custom sheet. Um, so Hobby Lobby is about to sobby lobby <laughs> because the CBP intercepts the package and they're like in Memphis of all of all cities, quite quite a biblical city. They're not gonna let this slide though. I mean biblical as in like there's like a lot of Christians, not so much there's like <laughs> biblical significance to Memphis. <laughs> Just want to clarify. I do believe they have the world's largest, second largest pyramid, which is a Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> this is this is true. Google it. So then the Customs and Border Patrol agents intercept the package and they open it and they just see like these just 
it's just so recognizably ancient and biblical and like i imagine like a light emitting from them and like some like i don't know some song playing in the far distance or something so then they're kind of sussed out so they begin to open all of the packages that are coming in for hobby lobby and what do they find more ancient artifacts what yeah 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 so this leads to a years-long struggle between hobby lobby and the federal government and it culminates in the civil forfeiture case aptly titled united states of america versus approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay bulle quite the name so it takes a while for them to reach to a settlement as many court cases go finally in 2017 hobby lobby settles and agrees to pay a fine of three million dollars and return the 5,500 artifacts In a statement on the website, the CEO, Green, said, and I quote, we should have exercised more oversight and carefully questioned how the acquisitions were handled. It's important to note, though, that back in 2010, while Hobby Lobby was acquiring these artifacts, a property law expert was called in and he actually warned Hobby Lobby and was like, hey, these biblical artifacts actually might have been looted from historical sites in Iraq. And if you don't find out, you'll probably get in trouble with the government. And they totally got trouble indeed. So before we move on, I was thinking, okay, civil asset forfeiture. Not a lot of people understand how incredible um, the titles of these court cases are. Um, so, so I personally, this is just a little bit about me. I think I would be an absolutely awful lawyer. Like, I just am not. I don't have that type of like attention to granular I detail. I don't like confrontation. The idea of reading long, dry texts all day long does not seem appealing to me, and I'm a Oof. little bit unfocused. But when the defendant is an object, like I'm sorry, but I love that. That is so funny. It's called REM jurisdiction. <laughs> um, something like Bush versus Gore, like those are real people. That's called in personam. Uh, Hajan, I'm sure you know this as you did famously take a bit of Latin in high school. Um, but <laughs> I think it's seriously three for three episodes that we mentioned me taking Latin. <laughs> this wasn't by me, though, so. So, yeah, everyone, Hajin took Latin in high school, as you may recall, and REM <laughs> jurisdiction is what I love. The defendant is an object. Um, For once in my life, like, I all I want to do is be in the courtroom. Depths of Wikipedia. So I have a fun segment. My co-host, Hajin, is going to hear the names of these court cases, and she's going to guess who won, and I will be keeping score the whole time. So up first, United States versus approximately 64,695 pounds of shark fins. Um, do I get any details about <laughs> what it was? Or do am I just going off the name? Just going off the name. The fins? I bet the fins won. I bet it was a like animal cruelty thing. Correct. Ding ding ding. The fins did oh my win. Uh, and you're right. The next one is the United States versus one solid gold object in the form of a rooster. Um the United States. 
the jury voted in favor of the solid gold object in the form of a rooster. So you're currently one for two. Next one is one of my personal- Wait, what was it though? There was a casino in Las Vegas that had a solid gold statue of a rooster. It was made of solid gold and the US Treasury, Treasury seized it on the grounds that it was illegal under the Gold Reserve Act of 1934, which prohibited private ownership of more than 1,400 grams of gold in the United States. So that's that story. Um, the next one is South Dakota versus 15 impounded cats. Oh, aw. I bet the cats lost. Correct. South Dakota won. The story of that one is that a woman was driving. She made a really like, she was backing out of a parking space and she almost hit a cop car. Um, they they clearly like looked into this cause, cause they're like, what's going on here? She had 15 cats roaming around her car as well as a full litter box. And they ended up seizing the cats from this woman, which I don't know. I, I don't really know how to feel about that. Wait, she had the cats in her car? She had 15 cats in her car while she was driving. What the heck? 15 of them. The next one is, famously, United States versus article consisting of 50,000 cardboard boxes, more or less, comma, each containing one pair of clacker balls. I'm sorry, are you saying cocker balls? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clacker balls are like a toy, maybe more common in the 70s, and you would just kind of like spin them around and they would make a clacking noise. I feel like oh, the type of thing. Oh, I remember that episode of Drake and Josh. It's like elementary school toy. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the episode, but I can imagine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went, in, they got into some hijinks. <laughs> um, if I know Drake and Josh. Um... I'm so sorry. Um, I'm gonna say the clacker balls one. Um, correct. Actually, wrong. This is actually very, very complicated. Oh, fake out. Um, <laughs> okay. This is very, very complicated. But the U.S. did win. Basically, the idea was that uh, it was under the Federal Hazardous Substances Act because children could hit themselves with the balls. Um. So you're wrong about that one. The next one, we have a few more. U.S. versus 11 and a quarter dozen packages of articles labeled, in part, Mrs. Moffat's shoe fly powders for drunkenness. Who do you think won? That or the U.S.? Um, that just feels so random. I bet the United States won. Yeah, the U.S. won. The idea was that, like, this, like, quote, cure for drunkenness was unfounded. Next one. Nebraska versus one, 1970. Two-door sedan, Rambler, parentheses, Gremlin. Gre parentheses, Gremlin? What is that about? I, I'm kind of guessing that it's part of the name of the car, but the name I of am the not an expert <laughs> in 1970 two-door sedans. <laughs> oh my gosh, what? <laughs> okay, that just feels weird. Um... I say Gremlin wins. Nebraska won, actually. 
Um, if you're if you're you know gleaning from this segment, like wow, it sounds like the government can really seize a lot of assets whenever they want. Um, you would not be the only one that thinks that. <laughs> so our final one, because yeah, <laughs> our final one is United States versus one lucite ball containing lunar material (parentheses one moon rock) and one 10 inch by 14 inch wooden plaque. United States. Correct again. They hate NASA and space. Um, well, that's not really the reason. Um, but yeah, they did have to hand over the moon rocks. So I don't understand. They they if the people lose, they have to give the United States their objects. Yes. Huh. I'm also quite curious about these naming conventions because sometimes they're really specific and sometimes they appro- like. Even in the Hobby Lobby case, it's approximately 450. Like, why not just count it? But then, like, there was like the 11. The shark letters or something. Was approximately 64,695 pounds. So they did give us approximately, but. So if there's (laughs) any lawyers. Or pre-law, please email us at hey at Tufsub. Yeah, like, how specific do we title our REM jurisdiction court cases in case we ever want to have one? Well, thank you, Hajin. So your final score is that you got four out of eight, a perfect 50%, which is not perfect. Nice. However, it is the expected value if you're guessing randomly. So you're really proving statistics as a field correct. So true depths of wikipedia so back to these stolen items what were these items so we did go through it a little bit but there are some more controversial hobby lobby items which are both counterfeit and stolen and not all of them are part of this particularly problematic acquisition some stolen items are from egypt and iraq and steve green who we we know is the museum's chairman and the president of Hobby Lobby, announced the museum will be returning 11,500 artifacts to Egypt and Iraq, including thousands of papyrus scraps and ancient clay pieces. Green did admit, quote, I knew little about the world of collecting, dot, dot, dot. The, The criticism of the museum resulting from my mistakes was justified. There was also many more counterfeit items, the Dead Sea Scrolls, I feel like I hear a new headline like every I don't know, three years or so. Like, oh, there's a new Dead Sea Scroll found. And it really makes you wonder, how many Dead Sea Scrolls can there possibly be? Well, five of the 16 Dead Sea Scrolls that were in the possession of Hobby Lobby slash Museum of the Bible were revealed to be counterfeit. And additionally, there was a miniature Bible that a NASA astronaut had purportedly taken onto the moon which was additionally discovered to be counterfeit. Now, personally, like, I don't really know how you would identify these as counterfeit. Like, that whole field is very advanced. Like, that's beyond me. Um, but still, it's like, ooh, tough look for, for a museum and a family and a company that has already had more than their fair share of scandals. Yeah. I mean, they lost a lot of money, but... <laughs> As Green once said, you got to give it all away to earn it right back. Exactly. Go through life, you guys, with your hands open, not grasping. (laughs) And with that, yeah, I feel like um, 
I mean, really, that there's one moral of the story, and another is listeners. Next time you think, "Hey, I want to pick up a new craft idea. Where can I get some reasonably priced bits and bobs for my next art project?" Maybe think again and ask yourself, "Hey, maybe maybe that craft store that didn't steal." Buy looted artifacts. Maybe that craft store that um, didn't go all the way to the Supreme Court to make sure that they couldn't give their employees birth control. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Michaels today. You know. Maybe Michaels. Actually, I think Michaels has something of their own. But that's for another time. Um. <laughs> anyways, that was our show. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in after the credits where we have a special Robbie Lobby scandal, two truths, one line prepared. Hobby Lobby's <laughs> Robbie Hobby is going to make them start sobbing. <laughs> okay, see you after the break. Sobby Lobby. Depths of Wikipedia. Hey, thanks for listening to the Depths of Wikipedia podcast with your hosts Annie Rowerda and Hajin Yu. The main and accompanying theme was composed by Kyle Imperator. For more Depths of Wikipedia content, be sure to follow at Depths of Wikipedia on Instagram and TikTok. And remember, chances are you can get this week's wiki article on a mug at depthsofwikipedia.com. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and give us a positive review wherever you heard it. And now, your weekly segment. So, Annie, we have been talking about one of Hobby Lobby scandals, but that is actually just one of many. There's actually a Business Insider article published called The 16 Biggest Controversies in Hobby Lobby History. Yes, this company has had so many scandals, they got a listicle named after them. So, your job today is that I have two real scandals of theirs and one that I completely made up and it is your job to figure out which one is fake. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. In 2013, several Hobby Lobby employees protested in front of a Nashua Starbucks against the new Red Holiday Cups, claiming that Starbucks was forging a war on Christmas. We all remember when that whole thing happened. Um, and the protest quickly became unruly, leading to two arrests. There's the first one. Next, in 2014, Hobby Lobby President Steve Green came under fire for trying to evangelize in Oklahoma public schools. And as we know, folks, in the United States of America, there's something called the separation between state and religion. It's in the Constitution or something. Um, next, March 2020. Does that date feel familiar to you? March Maybe 2020? I don't, think, I don't think happened. anything happened in March 2020. <laughs> it really just flew right by. Um, yeah, actually, it's really the, the month where um, Rona came into full force in the United States. Everything shuts down, right? We remember it. We remember it was it. just like grocery stores. Yeah, it was like bare necessities. Um, there was actually one store that dared to defy 
the law. And Hobby Lobby CEO told employees that he wanted to keep stores open because a message had been bestowed upon his wife, Deborah Green, by God that, hey, me, an omnipotent being, is telling you to keep open those craft stores. Those, so there's the third one. <laughs> those, okay, so one of those is fake. Oh, wow. Okay, well, hmm. This is tough. This is tough. Evangelizing in public schools, that sounds like something that totally could be true, but you could have also made up. The red Starbucks cup thing is so ridiculous, but I could also see it being true or being made up. The last one just feels very true. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, keeping the stores open and then justifying the decision with, like, some dubious report of, like, a message from God to not even him right, to his right. wife. A it's like that just sounds like something that would be real. Um, so I'm gonna say that the Starbucks cup is fake. Wow, really? Are you sure about that, bestie? I can't be sure, but that is my final answer. <laughs> okay, well, I think it's so interesting that um, you said that. <laughs> You're about to sobby lobby <laughs> because of how right you were. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for playing. Um, and tune in next week where we talk about how Michael should be canceled. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, every single week we're gonna cancel a new craft store. <laughs> a new craft store. Really switching around our whole brand here.